0: What we have here is a boost, a signal signal boost. boost
1: of comic
2: book Kickstarter campaigns brought to you by the one and only Spoiler Country these are the current campaigns that we think are awesome
1: and you should totally support.
2: By backing Indie Comics you are supporting up and coming creators and getting new stories you won't get anywhere else. We talk with the creators to give you insight into the project and spread the love of Indie Comic Books. Now sit
1: back, relax, grab a drink and listen to what we have to offer you today.
3: Alright, welcome back to Spoiler Country. I'm to forget that is Mr. Horsley and this is an auspicious occasion.
2: Yeah, yeah. Happy birthday, KSB. right.
3: So this is a series <laughs> Johnny kinda brain trusted and came up with on his own and, and launched it God dang, man, a year ago. Yeah. And this is our fifth months ago. Kickstarter Kickstartle. Kickstarter. Kickstartle. <laughs> kickstarter signal boost. Jeez. That's how Words it happens. Words come at us now. Yeah right totally <laughs> there's some words up in there somewhere
2: and yeah we had it's it's our 15th one because we had a, cu- a couple months where we did two in one month because that's just you know how we did yeah. almost had two this month because we had a huge turnaround turnout for people who wanted to be on this year this that's month
3: cool was very but cool but it's our
2: our one month and normally if it was a podcast episode i would uh, uh, normally on a podcast episode i'd be more stringent up on my my kid in the background playing but since it's a ksb you're gonna hear my son jack playing with cars over here well, so i apologize there, now
3: i think it was like the last episode, it might be the iconic episode. Which one did I edit last? I think the iconic. Yeah. One, yeah. If I don't know if you listen to it, but like halfway through, you have a whole conversation with Jack. I just left it in there.
2: Oh jeez. Oh I, oh, I have I'll, now. I have to check yeah. it out.
3: <laughs> I mean, it's not like a whole conversation, but you know what I mean.
2: Right. 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 Well, I mean, he's always you know, it's around. Just you so. beating
3: him and him screaming, "No, daddy, no!" Just whack, whack, <laughs> you little <laughs> shit. <No. laughs> that doesn't happen.
2: Nobody calls CPS, please. Yeah, that, I, I don't beat my kids. That I never happens.
3: Right. Unless no one's looking. No, I'm kidding. Right? <laughs> it doesn't happen. <laughs> it doesn't happen. All right. So we have. So okay. go ahead. Go yeah, on, we have ahead. some four good ones today. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to give us some more insight on KSB. I
2: was just going to say it's one year. It's it's been a lot of fun. We've met a lot of cool people on this, and uh, right. I, uh, I I don't know. I just it's it's pretty awesome. You know, it's we got a um.
3: It's kind of crazy. We've met a lot of
2: kickstarters. Yeah, fun. it's kind of yeah, crazy, yeah.
3: and some of the people that we've had are very well known.
2: They are, and, and we've had some. We had we had Ron Randall on. We have we're gonna have Ron Randall on again. We had you know the, the 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 amazing Kevin Joseph, who Kevin Joseph actually introduced me to three of these people today on today's episode.
3: That guy's amazing. And you have yeah, we had Steph, Carl Kessel's coming on, right?
2: Yep, yeah, Carl Kessel's coming on. Yeah, I recorded with him this that's morning. Crazy, He's, uh,
3: yeah. Some cool stuff. That's so cool. So today we have yeah. four exciting ones to bring you today, and that's we Chris Orndoff with Guitar Head. Yes, we Nathaniel do. Nathaniel Gold with Chimp and a Brown Hat. <laughs> I love <Yep>. that title. <laughs> Nick Paul with Resurrection Men. Yeah. And Moana McAdams with Wild Card Chronicles.
2: Now, before we jump into the first one, I should tell you, this is actually kind of funny, completely uh, not planned. Yeah. But all four of these people uh-huh. became recommended from somebody who was on the very first KSB.
3: Oh, really? So three yeah, are because- from Kevin... And Nathaniel
2: Gold is from uh, from Tim Styles, who was Gorilla My Dreams. Oh my God! On the, fir- on the, on the very was first Gorilla My
3: Dreams, the first KSB. Yep, that was in the very first. Wow. The first
2: KSB was Gorilla My Dreams, Tart, and um, another what one. What a Lineup.
3: What a lineup! Right, right. All successful. So, you know, and, and have we had very many KSBs on our show that didn't make it? I think we've only had one, maybe two. Wow, that's impressive. If you think there's an average of three to four per, so that means we've hit at least forty eight by this time, because you got to count the doubles that we've done through some other months. Right. So we've done at least fifty Kickstarter campaigns within the. And there's only been a
2: couple not not make it.
3: Yeah, and there's been some that were oh we're not going to make it, and then they came on and then they make it two days later.
2: Right. Right. And it's it's and we can't
3: say that's from us. But couldn't have couldn't
2: have hurt, right? We're, we're, we can't say it's from us, but we're not going to say it's not from us,
3: right? Exactly. That's what <laughs> I was going to say. That's what I was trying to say. Well done, word smith so, that you are.
2: I, I try. I, I am a writer <laughs> at some point in my life, apparently. <laughs> so let's go ahead. Let's listen with uh, with Chris Orndoff with Guitar Head. I think you're going to like this one.
4: Cool.
1: Alright, hello, my name is Christopher Michael Orndoff, and comic book graphic novel is Guitar Head. Uh, born by way of Amplified Vibrator, the guitar-headed boy, Belusif J. Headmetal, must destroy MTV and save rock and roll. <laughs> and really, uh, you know, as a child <laughs> uh, as a child of the 80s, uh, my earliest memories are littered with those trash videos of MTV, and uh, some of them were <laughs> Great, but the majority, as Frank Zappa would say, was in jewelry. Uh, so I've just always had that watching MTV start as this thing that could have been great, and then devolved into you know the the home of reality television, and, and really kind of take a chunk out of what it meant to just be a musician and make music, and turn it into just a show and a performance uh, to sell things. So it was always just sad to watch. So I turned it into a uh, graphic novel and made my star a guitar-headed boy. <laughs>
2: I got to say, I love the fact that he has a guitar for a head, like a literal guitar on his head.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a, it makes for a painful birth, as I have been I, I'm reminded. i sure. <laughs> But yeah, it worked. It worked.
2: I mean, it makes for a really cool visual, though, in the comic. I mean, you know.
1: Yes, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I, I always, one of the uh, design concepts that always just, it happened naturally, but just the one eye. He's got only one eye, and, you know, the way that looks on I, I've seen it with, you know, I drew it first, or not first, I drew it first with one eye, but I also drew it with two eyes, and there's just something about having that one eye and then the bridge of the guitar coming out that really made it look like a, a more aggressive and, and cool image and not as, I mean, it's obviously very cartoony, but right. when you put two eyes on it for some reason, it looks really, really cartoony, and uh, <laughs> yeah it looks a little cooler with one eye.
2: No, having the bridge to get the other eye is, a, is a, good, a good design concept, I think. I think that works, that works really well. Thank you. And I, I agree with the whole MTV thing. Like I, I grew up watching. Um, once I had cable as a kid, because I grew up uh, in the eighties and nineties. You know, we had MTV. Once I started like you know doing more shows and taking off the music, I was like the only reason why I watch MTV is for music videos, and they're not there anymore. Yeah,
1: yeah not at all, really. And I then, don't know. Do they? I, I stopped watching so long ago. I don't even know if they they might. You know, sorry MTV, if you do throw one or two in there, but I don't even think they do.
2: I have no idea. I haven't. I haven't put MTV on in years. You know, because I just. Don't, yeah. I just don't care. It's just like I just don't want to walk through all the, watch the, the Jersey Shore crap, whatever crap they're putting on there.
1: It's strange.
2: Yeah, and besides, I mean, music videos these days, you can just get them off of YouTube or Vimo, You know, that all online, exactly. which is awesome.
1: Exactly, and like kind of, you know, when I tell people that it's, you know, they think it's against music videos, but really, it's against those videos of the time that really weren't. You know, you get amazing musicians who make beautiful cinematic videos it's great oh, yeah. and it's attention but you know that's just not the way it was and uh, <laughs> you know they're short quick you know tna videos with cars and jewelry right right and it's like and those have their place don't let me completely you know oh, yeah yeah we fine for what they yeah. are but they don't they don't portray the whole scope of, of music
2: no music is I, I i was in bands for a long time and i toured and recorded some albums and stuff and i, oh, I not, music is a big part of my life man and it's uh, uh I, I don't know i always wanted to make music videos as a kid when i was doing bands but we never actually did because we never wanted to put that much effort into like making a video we put more effort into you know writing songs instead
1: yeah <laughs> but which is yeah
2: but yeah it's uh, um it's
1: yeah, it's, yeah. it's
2: it's a cool it's a cool concept and i mean anything with music i'm I'm a big music fan so i love music i love guitars
1: fantastic are you a guitarist
2: i play guitar bass and drums um I started, I started with drums when I was six, uh, picked up guitar when I was 11, and bass when I was 14. And I've been playing Fantastic. all those.
1: Fantastic. Yeah, actually, I was talking with Kevin.
2: Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I was, I was, I was just going to say, I've been, I've been playing all those ever since. <laughs> but you're talking with Kevin?
1: Right on. Right on. Yeah, I was talking with Kevin last night, and he was like, you know, one of the things that you should really uh, tell people is that you don't play guitar, because you would think a guy who made a guitar-headed comic is a guitarist, <laughs> Can't play. I can play drums and bass a little bit, and so as someone who can actually play, you kind of know what I mean by a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but but I've loved. I'm fascinated by the shape of the guitar and the sound of the guitar and the portability and just how it revolutionized music. So it's like it's a it's a, a an ode to the guitar more than a uh, yeah. tribute from a guy who can play.
2: That's funny. I was going to ask if you played or not. That's that's cool. It's, it's it's what's interesting about guitar, bass, and drums. Like the key, the three key elements of a rock band is like, I love drums, drums are amazing to play, they're so much fun, you know, with a bass, you can do so much cool stuff with a bass, but a guitar, and for lack of a better term, a guitar is just sexy, right, like, there's just so much with a guitar you can do that just, you know, it's, because you can, I mean, you can go play a show with just a guitar, it's hard to do that with just a drum set, you know, or just a bass, right? (laughs)
1: Yeah, yes it is, yeah, and it's, like you said, it's just such an iconic image in the way, it just seems so natural. The fact that music is so organic to every human being, and then you know the piano was the piano and the organ before that were those right uh, monsters uh, of sound that you know so many people knew for so long, and then this thing that seemed even more organic than that came out of nowhere in the you know 20th century, probably earlier, but you know uh, right. into the modern, modern guitars,
2: yeah, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, pianos pianos are beautiful yeah. instrument too. Yeah. Just guitars, you, you can do a rock show yeah. with just a guitar and a vocalist, you know, which is cool.
4: Yep. So yeah. why,
2: why'd why you choose this design for the guitar? Why'd you go with the, uh, the Les Pauli design? <laughs> so
4: that
1: was the, you know, that was one of the guys who... So I'm actually still in a band, but we're like, I call it our softball team because we don't play out ever. We actually had our first ever gig out to promote the Kickstarter last Friday, and I'm just the lyricist in it. But uh, that was the guitar that the guy grew up playing, and he had this blue guitar, and it was just, you know that design is so iconic in itself, and it was just that blue guitar. And and then the other, yeah, the other side of that was when I first, the whole story came from a a college project where I was, you know, the writing prompt was to uh, design a character and create the origin story, and I hadn't drawn anything in for frickin' ever, but I was, you know, in love with guitars and music, so I grabbed a blue Big Pen and drew the (laughs) guitar-headed character with one eye, and it just kind of went from there. Nice, nice.
2: Yeah, I, I like. I'm actually happy to see it's not a Strat design, right? Because you see Strats everywhere, you know. Yeah, my uh my my favorite guitar design is the um the the Gibson SG. I just, oh my! God. I love the SG look. It just it's so dude. cool,
1: dude. Okay, I was as you were saying <laughs> that I was like, man, it's gonna be great if he says this. But I swear to you, <laughs> the the book, in the book, Blues of J Head Metal, the 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 blue-headed guitar character, he has three children and. Uh, Two of them come out completely normal. One of them, the youngest, comes out uh, as a guitar-headed character, and he has the SG Strat because, or excuse me, he has the uh, Gibson SG because Frank Zappa was a huge influence on me. So he does, actually, of Sun, Rain, Lennon, Head Metal, has the SG uh, uh, head.
2: That is awesome. I'm so happy to hear that, because SGs are freaking awesome. <laughs> oh, it's funny yeah. is I say that, but I don't I don't actually own an SG. Like I own, like, I have, like, nine guitars and basses and stuff, but I don't have an SG just because I never bought one. Because like I've all, all my guitars I've gotten through like I have the one I played in my band and I've got my dad's guitars from when he passed away and then I have some guitars given to me. So I haven't actually bought a guitar probably in like God 15, 20 years. So when I was when I was gonna buy an SG, like an either an SG bass or an SG guitar, I was getting out of playing in a band. So I was like, well, I'm not in the bands anymore, so I don't need to buy a guitar, even though this is the guitar style that I love like almost you know, above everything else. So like, you know, I've got a telecaster, I've got a strat, I've got Um, A couple of acoustic guitars, I've got a Fender P bass But I don't have an SG Which is the one I I want Now I did have an SG for like two years That my cousin gave me, that was my favorite guitar It was a black, beautiful SG But my son Who's sitting right there playing Xbox right now Behind me, he was five right now When he was about, I don't know 13 months old, he knocked it over off Of its stand and snapped the headstock off (laughs) So I mean when I say I don't have an SG, technically I have one because I still kept it, but it's just a body with a broken
1: headstock. Just <laughs> good to look at now,
2: right? Well, I, I could tell myself like I'm going to fix it. I'm going to pay the four hundred dollars to, to get a new a new neck and new headstock put on it and stuff like that. But I just it's it's in storage and I haven't done it because it's like it's four hundred dollars and I could save up another four hundred dollars and buy a brand new one, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but no, that's cool. I'm, I'm happy to hear the SG made it there. So I see from the cover here. It looks like did the story take place in St. Louis? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, uh, it, it jumps around a bit actually, but each chapter starts off, like uh, some comics do this well, but one of the things that I dislike is when a comic has too many narration boxes, so right. I wanted to house all of the narration on the first page of each chapter so it's just a big block of uh, it looks like it's coming through a television set with like the digital snow in the background and you just get one chunk of narration and okay. it also it sets the time and place of that chapter nice. and, and you know uh, so, yeah, it jumps around. But obviously, I've spent the majority of I've I've lived around a lot, but I'm back in the St. Louis area and I've lived here a lot. And St. Louis, you know, thankfully for us, has a good connection to rock and roll history and music. So, uh, yeah, it, it starts off in St. Louis and has several ties back.
2: Nice. Nice. Yeah. St. Louis has a pretty good uh, has, has had some pretty good music from there.
1: yeah yeah, you know we uh it's weird it's great because everyone drives through the middle of the country when they're on uh uh, on tour if now we could just get our less uh uh, law-abiding citizens to stop breaking into tour vans because oh
2: man yeah
1: we get so much just stupid petty crime at all of the venues like the 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 patrol outside of a music venue in st louis is like fort knox because people are just (laughs) jacking out here
2: man one of my one of my favorite bands um manifesto a couple years like five or six years ago they were on tour and i don't i think they were down there i don't think they were in st louis but they were down that area somewhere and uh so they were camped for the night and somebody backed a truck up to their to their trailer hooked it up and drove off with all their equipment wow and they were like yeah. uh tours canceled. we have no equipment to play with
1: <laughs> you don't know how many times i've seen that uh that post go around social media of you know young amazing touring bands being like well um tour's off till we can get our equipment back it's just yeah. like jeez
2: yeah that's it's so fucked up if you're a person who out there who steals shit don't fucking do that it's bad seriously fuck
1: <laughs> off fuckers right
2: it costs money it costs money so <laughs> those bands, it, 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 it's it's not the studios you're stealing from you're stealing from these people who are in bands you know
1: yeah 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 so. it's the same type of thing where we you know with an artist when someone comes up and says oh can you draw me and they're like yeah right. well I don't draw you know I've been drawing my whole life because I'm you know in love with it and I've learned how to do it and you can't do it so you can't just say can you do this
2: right I I can tell you how many times I've been asked you to pay do logos or websites or portraits and stuff and I'm like, oh yeah should I do that for you and like I'd give them a price and like oh I, I was hoping you just you know do it for me for free it's not gonna take you that long and I'm like <laughs> that's not how this works <laughs> yeah, it really I mean, does you know i don't know i get i get asked all the time to make logos for people and i'm like one i hate making logos it's the most boring <laughs> process ever it's uncreative to me i don't like doing it and two it that takes a lot of time it takes you know hours and hours and hours to make a decent logo
1: yeah definitely
2: i don't even want to make my own logos for shit
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I actually i feel you there it's uh i love creation in so many ways but like and a logo can be fun. I'm sure when you're doing it over and over for other people, it's less fun. But, like, the logo can be fun. But it's the first step into the horrible drudgery of marketing and, like, having to oh, put your stuff marketing. out for people. Which, you know, people are great. And, you know, the majority of us. Yeah. But, like, when you spend time on something and someone's just, you know, willfully, you know, shitting on it or not acknowledging that the time it takes, it's just like, man, it's a, it's a tough racket. But it's a...
2: It's 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 a necessary evil. I mean, marketing sucks, but you got to do it. I mean, this right here is this is promotion of marketing you're doing we're doing right now for you, which is I
1: know, right? But this is but, <laughs> but this
2: is easy. We're just talking talking the shit out. It's as easy. It's like, but actually, after yeah, like yeah. get people to talk. I don't know. I am I'm, I'm bad at marketing.
1: more <laughs> then you, you know, and this is the part where people can hear that, and it's great that people who actually care about it, you know, can meet each other real quickly and have a great conversation like this. Yeah. But then John has to turn off and try and clean up all my retarded. Oop, right, like right there. <laughs> All of my comments that shouldn't be made in public, and my uhs and ums and editing is can be fun when you see the final product, but man, it's it's rigorous.
2: Editing is a process, man. It's 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 we do we do a lot of episodes, so we do a lot of editing. It's not and like right now right now with the show, I do I do all the uh, I do all the graphics and stuff, so I have to make show graphics every time, and it gets it gets tedious. But you know, it's part it's all part of the process, and the end result is what I'm happy with. You
1: know. Yeah, yeah, it's worth it at the end. Yeah, yeah.
2: Alright man, I really appreciate you coming on Everybody listening, there'll be links in the show notes down below And out on Twitter to go check out Guitarhead And on Kickstarter Go check it out uh, If you if you can, can back it, back it If you can't back it, give it a share Sharing helps a ton Again, thank you so much for coming on I appreciate your time today
1: Thank you very much And uh, everyone also support John and everything he does Because oh, thank you. it's people like him that spread the word And uh, uh, help him out on his way And thank you for everything I appreciate that
3: Okay, that sounds pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> right, it was cool and funny
2: story about about Chris and the interview. He was actually doing that interview outside his job at work, and he texted me this morning saying that he was walking around outside work in St. Louis with his laptop talking to me. And his boss is like, "What are you doing?
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to get my Kickstarter going. Go away!" <laughs> right, right,
2: right, I thought I thought that was pretty funny. He was he was he was super nice. He was super cool. I was and I mean you, you put a you put a Les Paul guitar body on someone's head yeah i, I,
3: I don't know I, i'm sold you're ready to go yeah I'm, I'm, i mean me, I'm, what, I'm music, what other so. one would you go with a flying v maybe
2: right well i mean you would think you'd you know you would think maybe go go strat because that's the classic one but no Les paul's i, I think it, yeah, it the Les visual Paul works. Is, best. yeah
3: the strat is overdone i agree yeah. i agree so next <laughs> on the list yep is nathaniel gold chimp in a brown hat
5: My name is Nathaniel Gold, the name of my book is The Chimp with the Brown Hat. The book's about a chimpanzee who wakes up in the middle of the desert in the Old West with uh, no memory of who he is or where he came from. He knows he has a robotic hand, uh, and he somehow looks at the swarms that continue to um, destroy the surrounding villages. He goes from town to town uh, trying to figure out the mystery of who he is, uh, and finds himself face-to-face with traditional bandits as well as the space worms. Uh, and uh, this book, uh, this Kickstarter, is actually Volume 1, which is the first trade paperback, and it has issues 1 through 4, which is a full arc where he takes on the Beaker Boys.
2: Nice. So it takes place in, like, in the past?
5: Yeah, so it's a sci-fi western, uh, and it takes place in 1880s Utah Territory, uh, it's very much inspired by spaghetti westerns. So if you're familiar with movies yeah. like The Good, Bad, and the Ugly, yeah. uh, Fistful of Dynamite, um, all the Leone classics, which were in turn in, uh, inspired by the um, the, the great um, samurai films, right? So I'm yeah. I'm pulling from kind of all of that, giving it a a, a sci-fi twist, um, and including my love of chimpanzees.
2: Nice, nice.
5: So it's
2: like a. When you first started going into, it, I was like, "Is this a time travel story?" But no, it's 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 cowboys and it's like space and western and stuff. I love. That's cool. So why why a chimp? Why a monkey? <laughs> it's
5: a great question. I've gotten that question through my whole career. <laughs>
0: um,
5: you know, it's it's just a niche that I seem to be in. Into, I'm, I'm very much I very much love the animal. Um, the chimpanzee, you know, right. I'm sure you've heard that it's, it's you know, DNA-wise, they're like our closest relative. Right, I do right. a lot of work with um, chimpanzees that are in um, in sanctuary because um, they're they're sort of were rescued from biomedical research. I've used my art, and I continue to use my art to raise a lot of money and awareness for that those is, chimpanzees. That is so um, cool. Thank you. So, so that's sort of like my like social political side right. but you know i'm a storyteller at heart so um i've actually written other books that are a little bit more kind of think pieces about sort of our society um and how we treat chimpanzees still humor but this book and, and this being a a, a comic it is me kind of jumping out more and saying like look I love these animals, but I love these. I love to tell stories and just having a little bit more fun and sort of recapturing my youth and and the things that I loved in my youth and continue to love today. Things like Planet of the Apes, The Good, the Bad, the Ugly, um, Star Wars. Not that I compare this really to any of those, it's, <laughs> but well, I it, think it's, it's a all great
2: – right? I mean, they're all in, they're all they're all influences for you for what you've created. So they're all I mean, they all make sense. It's all an influence.
5: Absolutely.
2: And I got to say, man, that was a, a much better answer than I was expecting when I asked monkeys, because most, <laughs> most what I was expecting was, because monkeys are cool, not that whole spiel, which was awesome.
5: <laughs> oh, well, thanks. Yeah, nah, it's it's near and dear to my
2: heart. It really is. That's really cool. I, I mean, the fact that you're able to take something that you care about a lot, that you're deeply passionate about, and turn it into something that you can have fun with and something that you can use to, you know, one, sp- you know, spread the message that you want to say, as well as have fun with it and have people enjoy it, too. Is, it's, it's pretty cool.
5: Yeah, great. Thank you. Yes.
2: Yeah, That's yeah. exactly how I feel. So, um, are you planning to do more after this? Is this an ongoing series?
5: Yeah, so so it's a 12-issue arc. Nice. But, but I'm going to release it in um, three trade paperbacks. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. So it's basically going to be like a trilogy. It's going to be three trade paperbacks, each one being four comics long. So, and each one having its own story, which is part of the larger story, just just like any other trilogy.
2: Oh, that's really cool. That's really cool. So how how far ahead are you? How far do you, how do, you do you have all all three
5: arcs planned out? Yeah, I have I have all I have all twelve issues, or, or all all three arcs, or just say the entire story completely <laughs> planned out. Um, I have the first four issues uh, draft. Completely done as far as illustrations and writing. Right now, I'm just going through the the the, the trials of um, uh, some beta readers. Couple changes here and there. Of course, grammar, which is my kryptonite. I got my wife helping me with that, oh, me too, um, and then <laughs> and also fixing fixing the lettering and just you know just making it work and pop. Um, so I'm more so I'm that's where I'm at. Like I'm almost totally complete with the with the first trade paperback, which is nice. the Kickstarter that's up now. Um, and then, as far as the arc is concerned, I have I'm into the second book already in terms of like sketches and drafts um and and script. And the third book, I have it all in my head. I know exactly where it's gonna go. but but also the beautiful thing about doing this and doing it independently is it can it can kind of change on the page as it goes, which I like.
2: yeah, yeah, uh,
5: you know, I don't have Marvel or d c telling me, you know, look. It's Spider-Man, and it has to be this way because we've put a billion dollars into the movie.
2: Right, right. You have the freedom to, if you want to make a change, you know, in issue nine, you can. Exactly. That's really cool. That's really cool, man. Um, so what's are you doing? Everything
5: yourself, or? So I would say ninety nine percent doing all the illustrations, the writing, the lettering, the inking. Uh, the book's black and white. It just has like some fun little color um, in some of the um some of the text. Um, text boxes, uh, but it's not really a color book. Okay. I'm doing all of that myself. I'm using my wife to to edit the book for grammar and a good friend of mine um, who who's uh, who's been looking over each issue and just giving me notes to help me kind of structure. It's a lot of work uh,
2: for one man to do, man.
5: Yeah, <laughs>
2: <laughs> I've been there. It's putting put together a book by yourself is not easy, even when yeah. when you have someone you know helping with grammar. I have a the last book that I put out. I had my buddy. My best friend, he he was the editor on it for me. He kind of just read through it a couple of times and help help make sure I wasn't like coming off as a complete jerk and or saying stupid things in it. You know, and fixing how my spelling and stuff and putting together right. 36 pages with what, what that book was by myself with one guy looking at it is it was a lot of work so i commend you for it that. is it's it's a, a lot to do it's a
5: ton of work but the good thing though is that since i don't have to hire a colorist or an inker or a letterer you know and it, it, it's making it slightly more cost effective in terms yeah. of actual dollars i mean in terms of sweat and blood it's a lot <laughs> more but in terms of dollars it's, it's a little cheaper which which gives me the ability to like Make this Kickstarter goal like not a billion dollars, right? And you know, right. and still be able to kind of, you know, get it out there.
2: Yeah, it's nice. You don't have to worry about. I mean, I'm, the the current book that I'm working on is uh, it's it's an anthology. Well, it's a book. It's kind of an anthology. It's an anthology in the fact that it's a bunch of stories, but it's all they all connect. And they're all in the same world and stuff like that. But it's uh, it's becoming more and more of problematic, not problematic, stressful because I have all the I have all these different voices and all these different people I'm working with and. It's becoming very costly. And I'm kind of like, hmm, I should have just done this on my own. <laughs> take forever, yeah. but it would have been, you know, free. <laughs> Oof. But, you know, that's fine. So it's, it's, um, this book sounds really cool. I like, I, I like Westerns. I'm a big fan of the old, old Western movies and the old Samurai movies. I, I spent about a year in college watching all the Kurosawa films, and then watching, no. then watching all the old Eastwood films. Right oh, afterwards, that's <laughs> the way to go. So, and that was just because like, my buddy and I, my buddy was like, "We should watch all the samurai films and then watch westerns." So I was like, "That really makes a lot of sense. Let's do it." Mm. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, in your in your Kickstarter campaign, do you have any unique rewards or cool rewards for
5: people? Yeah, I think I think I I, I think I have some some unique stuff. I mean, look. Um, I did a lot of research and so what, what was successful and I kinda went with that. But I have a few things that I think are a little kinda cool. So I, I um I made a silk screen of my character. So it's 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 the chimp with the brown hat. Nice. It's a three-color silkscreen, so it's it's the character and then like a little mountain and cactus in the back. But instead of just selling it as a, as like a limited edition silkscreen, I'm selling each one as an individual. So what that means is if you if you buy at that at at that if, at that reward level, you'll get the book and then you'll get this print. But what I'm doing is I'm painting watercolors on top of that. So I'm I'm printing the silkscreen oh, nice. on watercolor paper and then embellishing it, adding more colors. So each one will be a unique piece of art. That's, um,
2: cool. That's a cool idea, man. Yeah, it
5: was a way for me to give out original art without, you know, like... Without
2: killing myself, right? Yeah, without I mean, killing myself, exactly.
5: Yeah. So there's that, and then I did a, a, a separate reward as a sketch cover. Um, so it's like, if you want the book, but you want you want a sketch cover instead, what I'm going to do yeah. is I'm just going to ink uh, a, a cover for each one of the people who, who selected that option instead of just, just the book itself. And that'll be limited... And that'll be uh, that's going to be signed and numbered. Nice. Uh, and then the other thing that's kind of cool that I've seen other people do, um, actually, I think maybe this is something that you've been a part of. Um, but uh, you know, at, at the at the top tier, limited to three people, um, I'm going to draw them into the book. I'm going to create, make them a character in in the town of Lane Fair, which is the fictional town that this uh, that this book takes place in. Nice, old nice so i'm gonna add them in like they could become a bartender or just like an angry part of the mob in the back you know <laughs> that's a conversation we could have but like i said it'll be limited to three people yeah and i don't think that's completely unique but it's 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 unique to the person who buys it
2: it is cool i actually i i uh my buddy um put out a book last year um called cyberpunk and um it, he had that he had that option to be drawn into the book and i went ahead and did that because he and he turned me into this really cool, like four armed, half robotic bartender in the book.
5: Yeah, I saw. I saw it. I saw that um, just now on Facebook.
2: Yeah, yeah, it was, and it, it is. It's really cool, especially because it's I mean, he did a fantastic job of capturing my likeness in the book, and it was like, I was like oh, that's really cool. But uh, yeah. it, that's a cool too. I've seen that on a couple of Kickstarters. I'm always like, man, that's a cool idea. That's a really. Yeah, I mean. Yeah,
5: it, I mean- I think I, I always think that's so so cool. That's another thing that's so beautiful about the time we live in and in the independent spirit. You know, oh, yeah. that's not something as a comic book fan. That's that's not something you would have been able to get. I don't know how old you are, but I grew up in the '80s and the early '90s collecting comics. Same, and same. If I could have had someone draw me into a comic, it would have been the most amazing thing in the world. So, dude,
2: it the- it's cool it been- that
5: we can do that kind of stuff now.
2: Yeah, the things you can do in comics nowadays, because of, because of Kickstarter and Indiegogo and stuff like that, it's just like. You know, twelve year old me would freak out over this. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and, and just the, the sheer range of comics and stories you can get nowadays because of you know it's so easy for an independent person to make their own book and and sell it to people who want to buy it. You know, it's amazing.
5: Yeah, but you know that also makes it harder because anybody can do it, which sounds like it's easy. But just because right. you can do it doesn't mean you're doing it right. Exactly. So you got to work even harder to prove yourself because I can go there, I can go out, and I can put out 500 comics tomorrow. But are they going to be something that people are going to look at and respect and really love and feel that – it belongs out in the world. Not that everyone's doesn't, but I think, I, th- I hope you understand what I'm talking about. You
2: have to work hard.
5: harder to, to, to prove you, that, look, I'm, you have to be a professional, and you don't have a gallery of people saying this, that, and the third. Like, you have to you have to just find people that'll be honest with you and say, hey, this drawing really sucks. You need to redraw it, you know?
2: Right. And that, that's part of the reason why I started doing these Signal these Boost episodes, because I wanted to help people who, you know, give a boost out to. Uh, to people who listen to our show say, hey, these are some cool Kickstarters that we found that I've talked to and, and it'd be fun to you know, fun fun to to check out. And like like yours was recommended to me by my buddy Tim, who did Gorilla for you know, Gorilla of My Dreams, which is I which is a, a fun series. And um, you know, he, I, he it's, it's most of the show most of the ones we get on are, are ones we find ourselves, ones usually ones that I go and research and find in Email them or once like friends of ours. Say, send us a link to them. Say, hey, this this you know I know these guys are they're good guys. Here's you know check out their book and stuff like that. And then I, I you know I invite them on. So it's like I get it. You know it's it's anyone can do it. There's so many comics out there. So it's like what how do you which ones do you back which ones do you support? So yeah.
5: Exactly, once and yeah. and that's that's you're bringing up kind of another thing too that I just love about the time that we're living in because Kickstarter. Yeah, it's it's a it's a funding uh, resource, but it's also a community building resource. Yeah. So like. Like Tim backed my first comic, which was my first comic ever, which was issue one of the Chimp with the Brown Hat, nice. and he was like really supportive. And I looked, I looked at him, and, and I saw the things that he was doing, and then I backed his. And now he's backed my next one, and he introduced me to you, and I'm becoming friendly with him. And he sure. lives in Australia, I live in New York, yeah. in the states. You know, it's but you know the internet, man. It's right. It can, it can be an amazing thing. He
0: can also on, be.
2: Horrible. He was on the first. He was he was on the very first one of these I ever did uh, back in October of last year for his Kickstarter. And we had to like you know schedule it up because he's in Australia and I'm in Seattle, so it's a huge time difference. But you know we made we made it work because I you know I one, I, I knew him a little bit before that, and I I love the idea of, of of his comic, and I wanted to make sure I got out there. And then you know pass forward to this, and I know you now, and yeah, it's just the community is yeah. great. I love it.
5: I love it too. Yeah, man.
2: Well, all right, dude. Thank you so much for talking with me. And everybody listening, there will be links to the Kickstarter down, down below. I'll also, I'll be tweeting them out as well. So, everybody, go check it out. If you like it, back it. If you like it and can't afford to back it, share it out because sharing helps more than you can imagine.
5: Thank you so much.
3: So, that was interesting.
2: Yeah, I mean you can't go wrong with monkeys, right? And the guy's a monkey enthusiast. So yeah, uh, you learn, you can't learn something from his comics too.
3: Yeah. I got to go and check out his Kickstarter. Don't forget everybody that all of these guys are on Kickstarter. And so you can search for guitar head or chimp in a brown hat or resurrection man, a wild card chronicles. And we'll do this again at the, after we do the next yeah, two.
2: Yeah. And you can click it down below and tune. And, and just want to stay as, as Nathaniel said in the interview there, um, He only has a couple of days left as release of this, so get out there quick and, and find it now.
3: Yeah, there you go. And then who's next?
2: Up next, we got Nick Paul with Resurrection Men.
4: Hi, I'm Nick, and I am the writer and letterer of Resurrection Men, issue two, which is currently on Kickstarter right this moment. Resurrection Men tells a story of power manipulation and the lengths people will go to to control others. Specifically, it follows the story of our uh, protagonist, James Stone, as he tries to protect his um, son, uh, Jud Stone, while simultaneously trying to avoid the evil maculations i'm kind of fuck it i made mistakes <laughs> <laughs> you know what? i'm gonna get a script up in front of me so i can just actually steal that
1: <laughs> right right
4: <laughs> sorry
2: <laughs> no 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 problem man it's the power of editing man it's great
4: <laughs> <laughs> right okay we're we're done for that i've got i've, I've got this <laughs> Right. um all right, where did you go where did you go where did you go where did you go See, I actually had this all written down in my last. I should just do it as my introduction video. That's my content. Yeah. Eh? I should just
2: make it. <laughs> um. oh, fuck, we're done. Yeah. Sorry, I do swear a lot. I do apologize, uh, dude. I swear it. I swear all. That. I mean, we you know, we tried to go PG thirteen one time on the podcast, but we couldn't stop saying fuck. So we're like, eh, never mind. <laughs> <bad>, fuck it. <laughs> I mean, swearing right. swearing but is I'll a just... natural part of my conversations. So. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Right, I think I'll just, yeah, I thought, I... oh yeah, I found it, right, cool, got it, nice, right, I'm ready. All
2: right, go, cool. let's do this again, take two.
4: Hi, <laughs> <laughs> I'm Nick, and I am the writer and letterer of Resurrection Men, issue two, currently on Kickstarter right now. Resurrection Men t- tells the story of supernatural horror, power, family manipulation in a 28-page full-color comic. It tells the story of James Stone as he's faced with the terrifying concept of bringing those that have died back to life. Forever trying to engage with his disillusioned teenage son and appease his sinister employees, he's a man with his sanity falling apart at the seams. <laughs> so this comic is something that I've been doing for the better part of two years now. It's a labor of love. Um, and yeah, I hope you get an opportunity to come and see the comic on Kickstarter.
2: Nice. I like I like your pitch. That was really good.
4: Um <laughs> So if, mm-hmm.
2: you were worked on this for about two years, you said. So you're on
4: issue two. Yeah, yeah I think it was 2000, and uh, when when was it? It was 2016, I think it was started. Yeah, uh, two years. Yeah, so, yeah uh, but this, this premise has actually been been sort of loitering in a in a text file for about a decade, actually. Oh, uh,
2: that's you know, I find that's how things go. I actually i i do, I, I do comics myself too, and um, I'm actually about to release a series that I've been working on for like almost 10 years now and i finally i finally got it to where i'm happy with it
4: you're going to release it <laughs> yeah it's just that's the thing isn't it? it's like perfection you're yes yeah, yeah. you want to have the best possible impact when you release it to show people your best side really don't you exactly
2: because you don't want to put you don't want to put crap out there i mean i don't at least no um so is is this a a planned full arc a mini series is it an ongoing series how do you how does this how does this keep going forward
4: so the series, the I mean, the series is only uh, supposed to be three issues, um, okay. and actually the third issue is currently uh, finished pencil stage, um, nice. the artist Rory Donald, he's, um, he's we, we always try and go uh, sort of uh, an issue in advance, so we don't, because uh, I have a letter as well, and he does all yeah. the arts, the colours, we try and sort of have it go in um, and it's sort of a service, one issue in advance so it's supposed to be three issues um but we realized as we were going there were some story lines that i wanted to tie up so i got together with a new editor uh chuck i forget how to pronounce his second name chuck pinney oh i know chuck, chuck. i know chuck yeah. yeah really sound guy um and uh, i got i was actually recommended to him by um connor bartell from grimwood crossing right right Who's, who he was editing a couple of Connor's pieces. And anyway, just cutting my story short, uh, I created a two issue sequel, which I plan to oh, nice. do uh, next year. So that the whole idea is that by this time next year, there'll be five issues that we're going to try and do as a hardback. And that's the entire series completed never to sort of be, well, never to really look at again. I wanted to have a, I wanted it to be one of those things that you can pick up and go, that was a really satisfying book. And then, yeah, that feels like a natural end, and that's it done.
2: That's, that's cool. That's, that's a good idea. I like I like that. Um, so I, I want to say, the art, your artist. I love the art. The art reminds me very much of Mike Mignola from
4: Hellboy. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. so that's, that's what Grapel you Mignola know, he's Rory, um, he goes by Reach Illustration online. Okay. but His name's Rory Donald. He's amazing, and that's actually what gravitated me towards him when I first saw him. Yeah. Um, Funnily, he, he sort of identifies more with uh, Gabriel Ba. Okay. He's a massive Gabriel yeah. Ba fan. It just—it uh, yeah, also- <laughs> just looks like
2: early Winola to me. I'm like, I, I love it. I just—I love it. It's—it's it's
4: great. Yeah, it's—it's. It's, yeah, and he's such a down-to-earth guy. Like he's if in the indie scene and in the UK scene, he's getting quite well known for doing stuff um, for anthologies and some nice, other piece of nice. work, uh, Griff Brissell. And it's just it's just really really down-to-earth and sort of chilled guy. But I put that down to him living on the Dor- uh, Cornish coast. <laughs> And just uh, being just being a very chilled gentleman,
2: right? Right. One of one of my goals in the next couple of years is to get out to to the UK for a and to hit up that comic scene, the con scene over there, and kind of see how it is.
4: Oh, dude, yeah, give us a shout when you do. I mean, I'm I was based in London up until recently, and uh, I'm back it's, in my hometown of Pimbra.
2: My um, the company I work for has an office in Brighton, so I'm trying to get, right. I'm trying to get them to send me to Brighton for some for work stuff, so I can go hang out there for a while. <laughs>
4: Dude, if you can set it up for like about oh, next year, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, there was something called Thought Bubble. Have you heard of that? No, I haven't. What is that? So Thought Bubble's the the big comic book convention in Leeds uh, for the whole of the UK. Um, and basically, it's a five-day event, and it's only for comics. There's no other, other sort of stuff. It's oh, just no, I comics.
2: Have, I have heard about that. I've heard it's really good.
4: Yeah, yeah, like some big names. You had Brian Michael Bendis there this time. You had... Um oh there was like tons of big names there it was ridiculously uh brilliant and uh unfortunately i didn't get a chance to go but it's my dream to go there and to to, to sell my comics there because it's supposed to be absolutely amazing absolutely man thought bubble I'll, I'll, totally
2: to, I'll just see if i work and plan a trip around that because uh <laughs> that's, what, that's what i do i when i, when I go on work trips for, like conferences conferences and stuff so i work in the tech industry i try and plan them around comic conventions of where i'm going <laughs> So, I go to the tech show, and then that weekend I go to whatever comic shows in that city. That's what I try and do, at least, because it, it's more fun that way.
4: <laughs> yeah, totally. It makes like a, the reward for the end of the trip, you know?
2: Right, right. So I have something to look forward to, you know, besides a boring tech show, because most tech shows yeah. are pretty boring. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> so, what's the comic you're doing? You say you're, you're, you've got your own comic. So, I, I, I obviously met you through Kevin, through his amazing book, guitar. Yes. Uh, just yeah. I'll just hit that there for him. Uh, So, sorry.
2: No, go ahead. Um, I have I have a couple books. So the one that I've been working on for like almost ten years, it's actually it's to be frank and honest with it, it's a stupid, stupid ass fucking humor book. Like it's like the it's 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 I call it garbage humor, right? But it's based off of. My wife, that I've been married to for twelve wonderful years, and we have five kids together. Um, she one time years ago drew a picture of myself and two of my friends and her like ridiculous like she's not she's not an artist right. She just drew like a, a little bit better than stick figure drawings of us, and I took those drawings and put them into Illustrator and made them vector files. And then, right. and then I proceeded to make web, a web comic out of it. Well, a couple of years ago, I and she keeps telling me, "Don't stop, stop," because she's like, "I don't want to be a comic artist." Because I always credit her as the artist. <laughs> <laughs> so what I did is I took them, I took all the jokes. I was, it was 122 pages. I took and I, then I went back. Oh. Like, I was like, you know what? Let's, because I, I, I don't know. Sometimes I can't sleep, so I just make comic pages, right? So yeah. I went back in. And I, I took those 122 comic strips and I turned it into. 240 pages of sequential art. <laughs>
4: wow. So I made
2: <laughs> Man, I mean yeah, I made 10 issues out of this stupid idea <laughs> and kept and just kept going with it and you know, I you know there's, there's a bunch of stupid jokes in it and it's I mean, it's not all you know there's some like lessons learned <laughs> and stuff in there and some actual writing, but for the most part it's just like a bunch of dumb humor fart jokes. And is it kind of
4: like um uh, always sunny in Philadelphia Type humor.
2: Yeah, exactly, exactly. And so yeah. I, I finally got um cool. I have 10 issues done and I finally got the first two issues um have gone through an editor to like fix spellings and grammar grammar stuff like that and to make sure it flows. So they're about they're, they'll probably be by the time this releases they'll probably be available digitally and then be available in print like 2 months later or so.
4: Just to our American listeners, I should point out color is spelled c o l o u r. Dude, I found hey. out
2: I found out <laughs> why I found out why we spell them different. Oh, why? Because in the early days of America, uh, in newspapers, it, it cost per letter to print. So Americans, being cheap capitalists, <laughs> dropped the U in color and dropped the L and collected in certain words to make it cheaper to print, and, it's, and it stuck.
4: It, it makes sense for cap- capitalist right. America. Makes sense. Right. I love it.
2: <laughs> it's, so it's not because we're dumb. I mean, we are, but it's not because we're dumb. It's because we're cheap.
4: Right. <laughs> You're not dumb. Your, your leader is dumb. Us in our political right. conversation. Oh, God.
2: Don't get me started on that one, Jesus Christ! Man.
4: Across the pond, we're just kind of like, "What the hell is going Dude, on?" We're over thinking there? the same thing
2: here. Most of us here are like, "What happened?" Oh my god! But, you guys got your is it primaries are coming up? No, uh, we got same uh, midterms coming up. Midterms, in November. midterms. That's... Yeah, yeah. Which is which is going to be good because a lot of uh, a lot of people are up for seats that need to be gone. So
4: hopefully, we get a Democratic House and Senate. Sorry, I'm making this political thing. Yeah. <laughs>
2: You know, you know, what's, you know what's funny every time almost every single time we've had I've had somebody on the podcast who's from across the pond it's kind of it's gone to politics like I had <laughs> we had we had Ben Temple Smith on and you know he, he's here in Seattle yeah he's here in Seattle but you know he's he's from um the UK and well, in UK in Australia but uh you know we spent like 45 minutes talking about American politics and brexit and Trump and it was it was pretty entertaining <laughs>
4: I actually really did. I mean, this is Ben with the same guy who did Thirty Days of Night, isn't
2: it? Oh yeah, same guy, same guy.
4: Yeah, man. I love that. In fact, what was I reading recently from one of his books? It was oh, it was a new one that's just been
2: released.
4: Oh, Christ, yeah. that's going to bring
2: Squitter or Mister Wormwood or
4: Mr. Wormwood kills Mister Wormwood. Yeah, yeah, those yeah. Because I, um, I remember, I just I decided recently to sit down for Thirty Days a Night. I mean, I, I knew the series, I knew the premise from the. Josh Harnett yeah. film many many years ago. It's yep. terrible, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, I knew art, and I knew his art style, and I always thought, man, his his art style is pretty out there. It's pretty wicked, pretty pretty graphic.
2: Yeah, his art style is amazing. I love it.
4: Yeah, so it's uh, no, that's so cool. That's that, that'd be awesome. Yeah, I'm yeah. kind of struck ready now. See? <laughs> yeah,
2: and then and then the other book that I'm working on, which I'm I'm actually is actually my main focus, um, is a book called the Iron Anthology, which is basically a, it's a horror anthology. It's not really an anthology, but um, it's an anthology in, in in much that it has different creators working on short stories. But uh, the whole premise is, I created this world and this mm. family tree, and each writer uh, tells a story somewhere on that family tree with a member of the family. And then myself right. and the editor of the book are going through and and making sure that all the stories connect. So all the stories tell an over all the stories tell a bigger story within the book. Right. Yeah yeah, yeah, but, yeah. yeah. And that's 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 um. We're actually about probably about forty five percent done with the first book right now on that one. It's just it's uh-huh. coordinating all the people and getting all the timelines and stuff is is you know not easy. But we're 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 getting there on that one.
4: That's that is meta up, up, up there, isn't it? I mean, I, I remember when I first started writing comics about over a decade ago, and I say writing comics in a very loose sense of the term <laughs> so seriously until the last couple of years, where I thought, you know what. I'm coming up to 33, I've got a couple of kids, I've got a house, and I've not actually living my dreams yet, what the fuck's going on? So I just thought, you know what, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is and actually write a comic book, I keep saying I was going to do it. So anyway, back to the story, what I'm saying is, um, you know, thinking back 10 years ago when I first started thinking about writing comic books, I had this whole premise that I was going to have this big universe, like big expanded universe with all these different characters, and I created all these different characters and biographies. But you know what? You know what? And I thought I loved it, but you know what was wrong with the whole thing? Hmm. Couldn't think of any plots. <laughs> <laughs> so, there
6: you
3: go. and
4: the thing was, this is, and this is the problem with new writers: we we always forget, we always dream big, and realize how we don't realize how fucking difficult it actually is. It's very um, difficult. It's hard. Yeah, and I remember actually when I first started writing comics a couple of years ago, I was, it was on the Reddit um, comic collab chat. I don't know if you're involved in that at all. Um, but um, there was two groups that started up at the same time and it was, one was through Discord chat app and the other one was through Slack and the one with Slack was basically, it was really, really cool each week a writer and an artist would be paired up and you had to write a one-page story based on a theme uh, and it was quite cool for a couple of it, weeks
2: Is it the Comic Jam?
4: Yeah, that's it Yeah, that's yeah. It. Casey
2: from the Comic Jam is actually my editor Casey, yeah, Casey Allen. He's 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 the editor of my books. No way!
6: Ah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
2: I've done a couple. I've done a couple pages for the comic jam. Like, two, I think I've done like two or three different things for the comic jam. What was your username on there? Uh, I think it was just Y2CL. All right. I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't super active. Like, I've done like I think I did a I did the robot one and I did um yeah. the rap battle one and then oh I think I was old by that point.
4: I think I, I opened it at the very beginning a couple of years ago when it started, and then yeah, kind of I, I just didn't have time to commit to it. Um, that was my problem. And then to you. Was, that was my problem. There was this other chat, the Discord chat, but the long story short, was these in that opening time in Reddit that was my gateway into finding a community. Specifically, I think me and um, as I said, to, I said his name earlier, Connor Bartell. He did um, Grimwood Crossing, and I would really, I mean, I'd say to your listeners and yourself actually, you check it out. It's basically a supernatural western. Um, it's it's really really cool. The vampires, werewolves. It's I really enjoyed it. Excuse me. Yeah, he's, he's run um, three successful kickstarters. His last kickstarter he did actually was called Sword and Sorrows. As I, one-
2: I, I had him on for that. For that, I had a, he was on for for that one.
4: Yeah, yeah. He's, he's a really sound guy. Like, um, And when we, I remember when I was starting, I was actually on holiday at the time somewhere in Europe. I can't even remember where I was. And uh, on my iPad, I find I do all my best writing on my iPad because I, I just got limited resources to distract me. No I can't no have multiple nice. tabs. Yeah. Um, so um, I, I remember going on Reddit and I've seen him, I remember Connor put up there, can someone check out my uh, my script for issue one of Grimwood Crossing. And I, I remember reading it and going, yeah, I'm really digging this. And I, and that just started our dialogue. He read my script and we just started, we've, we've gone back and forth. And I, I consider what like one of my, like, if I ever have questions about my comic integrity, like am I doing a good job or doing a shit job? I go to him and go, is this shit? And he'll give me an honest answer, uh, which is great. I mean, that's what you want. You want someone to not sugar stuff for
2: you. Oh, right. I, I always want, on, I, I tell everybody, give me an honest opinion. If, even if it sucks, tell me it sucks because I need to know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
4: exactly. it's, it's It's what I say. I mean, as I said, I'm a teacher and one of the things I say to kids, apart from don't swear like me, um, <laughs> nah, <I don't. laughs> But um, So kids, if you are listening to this, uh, this is not Mr. Paul. Right, okay. No, right, um, right. <laughs> what I say to them um, is, you know, people often say practice, practice, practice makes perfect but it's not actually true. It's practice and reflection oh, that yeah. makes perfect. Yep. You've got to reflect on what you're doing shite and what you're doing better and then change it up.
2: Right, because if you keep practicing the same thing it's wrong over and over again, you're just going to be you'll be really good at doing, at doing it wrong,
4: you know? Exactly, exactly, exactly. Um, so, yeah, no, so that's, that was quite a fun one. But then, um, question. So uh, you managed to pick up this comic through Kevin, didn't you? I did, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can, can I be a bit rude and just ask what you thought?
2: Um, I, I will be honest. I haven't read it yet. I I have it sitting here. And oh. I was gonna I was gonna read it last night. I, I feel bad before <laughs> that, but then I had to work late. And I fell asleep. No, that's cool. But I do like, promise you, I will read it today, and then I will update yeah. in the recording what I think of it, and I'll let you know what I think of it. Okay. Yeah.
4: See, uh, this is where I say to the listeners. By the way, see what he's doing here. He's very sneaky because he's uh, <laughs> gonna give his opinion after I'm not online to re- <laughs> to, re- to rebuttal it. <laughs> Well, um, no, well, i'm glad you i'm glad you got a copy of it. i'm glad you got a chance to to read it because it's um it's, it's so hard to get yourself out there like you know it is and yourself
2: it, is. it really um, is. But that, that's you know that's part of why <laughs> i started doing these cinemist episodes back last year is so i was like you know what I, I mean anything i can do to help people find new books one it, it helps people find them who listen to our show and two it helps me find new books that i probably, i probably wouldn't have found if i wasn't looking for stuff like this you know
4: yeah, 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 totally, totally.
2: Yeah,
4: and I think that's uh, some like some of these things, like podcasts, there's a really good. British podcasts, Earcub, um, the awesome comic, <laughs> the awesome comics podcast. Right? <laughs> they're 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 actually a really good bunch of lads. Of them, um, they're they're actual comic book creators, and they get up once a week and uh, interview people uh, in the UK comic scene and give their thoughts. It's it's not very PG thirteen. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> Are sound lads. I remember when I went to a comic con last year, and they were there, and I was like, "Oh, guys, I've been listening to your podcast." They were like, "Oh, cool. What's your name?" It's like, "Oh, well, I'm doing this guy. I'm Nick. and am doing this comic called Resurrection Man. It's, it's almost it's going to be coming out in Kickstarter, like in a couple of months' time." This was obviously before October last year when I did my first Kickstarter. Yeah, right. right. And they were, like, oh yeah, like, and they listened to it, and they were really sort of cool. In fact, one of the pinups for the second issue. Was drawn by one of their team. I don't know if you've, I don't know if you've been to the page, but if you're if you're at the page, you'll see this big picture, maybe of um, a monster glowing green. Um, yep, yep I see clear. it. It's really good. That's that's uh, one of the guys, Dan Butcher, fantastic artist. Fantastic artist. Um, Although I have to say, with this campaign as well, I managed to grab. <laughs> one of my favorite artists um, in the UK called Andrew, um, I can't, I'm going to mispronounce his name, Andrew Powell, or Powley maybe. <laughs> um, and he did, he did the uh, little toy.
2: Oh, cool. Nice. Yeah,
4: he's a little paper toy. He does paper toys. In fact, he's done paper toys for myself, for um, the guy from uh, Comic Strike, Taylor, I forget the second name though, um, for Sync, that comic book Sync from last year. I don't know if you mind that one um also uh russell no uh, no healthy no no russell- R- russell- Noelty, yeah i know him yeah yeah. he uh he also did a thing for his uh pixie dust campaign last year um yeah it's really really that's, cool i so cool. was like super
2: excited that's really cool man it's, it's cool to have something interesting like the a, like a paper doll toy there that's that's cool something, something yeah. different you know it's awesome that's awesome man
4: that's it well,
2: dude, I'm, I feel like we can sorry. talk for hours and yes, unfortunately I've got to cut that I've got this short, otherwise it's gonna be a whole episode and I'm gonna have like three hour episode long here. <laughs>
4: Get me back. Come on. Right, okay, right there. Dude, But I will I will have
2: to <laughs> we will have to schedule it to come back on with, with Mike McCoas, Kenrick, and we'll do like we'll, you know, we'll do a full thing because I feel like we can just chat for an hour at least. So oh,
4: yeah, man. That'd be wonderful. <laughs> but again, uh,
2: so everybody listening, check out Resurrection Man on Kickstarter. There'll be links in the show notes below as always. And then Nick again, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it.
4: Thank you very
0: much,
3: man. I like a good supernatural. You know that. I know. I know. You know. And people from England always sound smart.
2: They do. (laughs) We we actually talked about. But they're not. (laughs) If you listen to it, I actually schooled him on why on why we don't have the, the you and color anymore.
3: So, Oh yeah. So Look we, at I, you, I, big brain. I, I learned him something. Look at the big brain on John, right? I try. <laughs> ghost well, pants. I,
2: only, I only literally just learned that
3: yesterday. So yeah. you know,
2: I, I just share the knowledge.
3: <laughs> well, like ax there's a X or A X E. Right. What's right. the proper spelling? And why does oh, it not matter? Us?
2: It's A-X-E, I guess in America, but I don't know what, I, I don't, I don't know really the answer to that question.
3: Well, you know about you and color.
2: I do know about you in color because that was that was because of newspapers. Oh. No cost to print.
3: There you go. Well, that makes a lot of sense, actually.
2: Yeah. So now they've heard it twice. They heard it once in the interview, and once now. It is <laughs> <Because> now- apparently <laughs> <laughs> you didn't listen to the interview yet.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Don't be telling away my secrets. Come on.
2: I guess I, I guess after a year we could call it out now.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no. All right. No. All right. And the last Moving one, on. not the least by any stretch, is who?
2: Moana McAdams with Wildcard Chronicles. Cool.
0: Well, my name is Moana McAdams, and I'm here with my husband, Nuri McAdams, who is the writer of the Wildcard Chronicles. And I will go ahead and let him tell you guys about the story.
6: How you guys doing? <clears throat> Excuse my voice. I'm a little under the weather. <laughs> no problem.
0: Uh, the Wildcard
6: Chronicles is an Afro-futuristic look at life on the planet in the wake of World War III, which is fought 70% in cyberspace, 30% on the battlefield which leaves the world's infrastructure intact, which would make sense since um, if you destroy all the resources, who wins? Nobody. Right. Um, The story kind of picks up uh, about 18 months after the war. I want to say roughly 18 months after the war. Um, During the war, all 54 African nations unite, making Africa one sovereign continent. As a result, Africa wins the war. So Africa has most of the resources, which means Africa dictates to other countries how things should be from here on out. Interesting. Um, As one of the the stipulations for America losing the war, it had to allow Africa a sovereign city-state within U.S. borders. And that city is Tekken City. Uh, A fictitious city that we created not far from Washington, D.C. The story mainly centers around uh, a father's love for his sons and their love for him. Because that city is ran by a noble house, uh, the House of Ma'atra. And the lord of that house, Mephita Ray Montes, is missing, now presumed dead. So his young sons, who are heirs to the throne of Ma'atra, who run Tekken City, have to now grow up really fast. Because at this point in the story, they're only like 19 or 20. So they're really young, and even though they're rich and heirs to this noble house, they're out racing motorcycles. They're not thinking about politics <laughs> right? <laughs> or running a noble house. So um, they have to grow up really fast. Um, protect that house while trying to find out what happened to their father.
2: That sounds like uh, it's, uh, so I hear a lot of people talk about their books and stuff and this is this is a kind of a concept I haven't actually heard before of of you know kind of like a a world shift in dynamics of politics with with everything everything changing it sounds like I like that that's that's yeah. really interesting. that's cool. So how did you get the idea for this what 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 sparked the idea to make this uh, this kind of a story?
6: Uh, well my military experience i'm u.s marine corps so awesome. I, I lean thank you i leaned a lot on my experiences in the military being the president of a motorcycle mc um i leaned a lot on that because uh the theme is is, is motorcycle driven um nice i also uh leaned heavily on the relationship between me and my father. Right. Because I used him as the model of the Lord of the House of Montes, which is the House of Ma'arra, and the relationship he had with me and my brother. So the okay. story kind of revolves around that. I felt that we didn't have enough of that in Hollywood. Um, being being black in America, you know, black fathers get a bad rap. So I yeah. wanted to make sure that it was known and shown through our comic book that there are fathers and sons who have strong bonds
2: that's cool I, I, like, I like that that's really cool. I show that the, the stereotypes not the norm or not, not not the always case, right Yes that's really cool so um, you you wrote the book, correct?: Yes, sir right is this is this a, um, a single storyline or is there, is there a continuing story for this to, to keep going after this one Kickstarter?
6: Oh, no, this is a continual (laughs) storyline.
2: Nice, nice. That's good. That's cool. And I have to ask you one question kind of unrelated but related to your Kickstarter just because it it intrigues me. How did you get the name Tekken City? Is that after the video game? (laughs) Because that's what I think of. (laughs)
6: Tekken. Tekken is the term for uh, an obelisk, um, which is – the Tekken Tekken City is built around Egyptian lore. Okay. Um, and it has a lot of Egyptian uh, architecture and and um, influence. Uh, so what a Tekken is, Tekken is another term for an obelisk, okay. an Egyptian obelisk. Um, the most famous one that we know of is the Washington Monument. Right. That's Egyptian. They took that from ancient Egypt. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Tekken City has four huge obelisks one in each corner of the city sitting on a perfect square and later on in the story you'll find out uh I don't want to give too much yeah, away don't,
2: but don't, don't give away any secrets <laughs>
6: <laughs> yes later on in the story you'll uh, they play a, a more significant role but um for for right now each each one of those tekkens or those monuments surround the city almost as if they're protecting the city
2: that's really that's, cool. And here I am thinking it's from a video game because I'm a huge nerd like that. And I don't think it's actually something interesting and cool like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> how much research did you put into this before you started writing? Because it? it sounds like you had a lot of lore, a lot of stuff that's, uh, you know, that did not just uh, run-of-the-mill write a story. It sounds like you had some stuff in here that's actually some took some research time.
6: Yes, sir. I put a lot of research time. Um, like I said, my, my travels in the military helped. Yeah. Um, all- um my wife she's been to Egypt. Excuse me. She's been to Egypt and she brought back a lot of pictures of a lot of artifacts and monuments that they don't allow you to take pictures of anymore.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a, Egypt's a very interesting country to, to, for sure. Yes.
6: Yeah, so um using those things, yes, I did a lot of research through uh, about, about African history. Yeah. Um, how Egypt didn't start in Egypt. Egypt was Africa at its height right before the fall. But it, Egypt's technology didn't start in Egypt. It came from south and central Africa and moved up because the Nile River is the only river that runs from uh, south to north. Right, it runs which,
2: in reverse, which is interesting.
6: Exactly. Oh, yeah. so The knowledge came up, or shall we say, down the river. Right. <laughs> so it came up out of Ethiopia and Sudan. Matter of fact, there are more pyramids in Sudan than there are in Egypt.
2: Yeah, it's interesting. What's it, what's funny too is a lot of people. Okay, let me phrase a lot of white people don't realize, don't always forget that Egypt is part of Africa. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, and yeah. it's like no, it, it, even 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 me, you know, I, I I very well know that where it's at and stuff. Like I, I don't, When you think of Africa, you don't think of Egypt, at least not because it, it's because of how. You know, we're taught in Western civilizations. We're not taught that's part of Africa. We're taught that's Northern Africa and it's it's Egypt. So it's not the same as you know the rest of Africa. But but, it, but I mean, it is. It's all the same continent. It's all the same. Everything revolves around it. It's it's, it's cool that you're incorporating all of that. And I, I assume that with your research and with the with what you've what you learned in the military and your travels and, and everything like that, it's like a lot of this stuff is like harkens back to stuff that actually happened or or true stuff like that.
6: Yes, yes, nice. a lot of the stuff in there true, especially. Um, When it comes to the bike life stuff, yeah, uh, I mean we've buried more friends than we could count behind these motorcycles. Yet we keep going out there, risking our lives, dancing yeah. with day in, day out on these bikes. And if nobody wrote about it, who would ever know we existed? Exactly. That's
2: that's the same thing with with any culture. If we, if, if you don't write it down and don't tell the stories, nobody knows about it. Nobody can learn from it or or anything. That's cool. that's yeah. That's cool, man. I, I have a I have a question for you, and, I, and 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 answer it however you want to answer it. Um, are you worried? And I, I say this because it's because the, the our current climate in America. But with the way that the book is situated, are you worried people are going to give you flack for it?
6: Um, <laughs> <Ooh. laughs>
2: uh, I I say that as a genuine concern because I genuinely think this is a cool idea. I genuinely like the concept and the art and everything about that I've read on the Kickstarter and what you've told me. But I do see things on Twitter and people talking about all this shit out there, and I worry about like I just wonder if you worried about people coming after you when it gets out there with, this, with just being you know the whole Afro futuristic thing and people being upset about that because I've heard people I've seen people online get attacked for stuff like that before and I'm just wondering if if you worry about that at all?
6: Not at all. In fact, I welcome it. That means I'm on the right path. That is, I can't, that, that is the
2: perfect answer right there. That's the perfect answer.
6: Yeah, I welcome it. I challenge the naysayers. I've been debating this thing for yeah. a long time. I was so shocked when uh, everybody Black Panther came out and everybody wanted to put on dashiki's and everybody wanted. to <laughs> I've been talking about Africa for years, and nobody wanted to hear. it. Yeah, but now now now,
2: now everybody Africa. wants to talk about it, right? <laughs>
6: Everybody's from Wakanda now, right? Right. <laughs> that
2: that the movie has, has has had a big impact on a lot of things.
6: Mm-hmm. Controversy sells. If they it want to does. come. I'm a Marine. I'll stand my ground. I'm, All right. I'm like, I'm to bring it up here. <laughs> We're going away. We're here to stay. We got this far because we don't take no for an answer.
2: That's good. That's good. And my, my, my comment to my co-host earlier when I was reading about your kickstart, I was like, man, I am so happy that one, one th- movies like black Panther and, and stuff like that have really sparked this interest in everybody in other kinds of stories out there like this, that can be told with, with new kinds of characters and new, you know, new, new outlooks on life, which is just for me as a creator and somebody who likes to read new stories, getting that extra, that, that point of view, it's not my own is, is amazing. I love that. All
6: right, all
2: right. All right man. Anything else you want to let everybody know listening about your book, about, about the Kickstarter, about the campaign, anything? Um... Oh, actually, I, I totally forgot. I'm sorry. Who else is working on this book with you?
6: Um, well, I'm writing everything. That's the hardest process. Um, yeah. <laughs> I also have awesome, brilliant artists. Um, Alexander Nesta he's in Brazil. Okay. He is amazing. I, I always say you should have an artist that challenges you. He yeah. does just that. He challenges me. He 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 helps me step my game up. I also have a brilliant colorist, uh, Juan Kakra. He's in Indonesia. And uh, he's really good. He, he's he's really worked hard on this thing. You can and say that
2: because I'm looking at the page on the Kickstarter of the the, the bicycles coming at you, and the colors in that page just make it pop. <laughs> thank
6: you, <laughs> thank you. And hopefully, right now we're in uh, we're starting. We're about to start the lettering stage. And uh, uh, on issue one, we had an awesome letterer um Quintang she is awesome she's a paraplegic yeah. a, and she is the first uh, female paraplegic to letter a comic book for DC Comics
2: Oh that's awesome yes. It's 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 funny how a lot of people overlook how important a good letterer is in a comic book yes. <laughs>
6: yeah. It can
2: make or break a good book to be complete I mean it can it can make or break a book
6: Yes indeed she's awesome man She's she does everything i i'm I'm amazed she inspires me
2: nice that's awesome
6: to to do what she does i mean i'm impressed with her also she's up in canada and that's pretty much my team and and moana handles the marketing and the kickstarter she is brilliant i'm telling you this woman's (laughs) clutch she she gets it in she covers my backside because it takes a lot out of me uh right behind that computer screen trying to uh, create different things and, and I also do the video editing and media so that takes a lot of time so she does a, an awesome job at you know carrying the load of the marketing and, and the right. budget and the financial aspects and,
2: and none of that stuff's an easy job to do marketing and budgeting is not easy so hats off to you <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, before I let you go, I, and I apologize in advance for this question, Moana, but my co-host told me I had to ask you about it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure you already know where this is going to go, and I apologize in advance. <laughs> but how many people sing to you about your name nowadays?
0: <laughs> oh my gosh! It's it's. Like, I, I wait for it. I'm like, all right, make way, make way. Let's. Do <laughs> But it's, it's it's funny that you asked that question because, like, um, you know, Moana is like... I love the movie because she reminds me... Her strength and her courage reminds me a lot of myself. Like, I'm originally from Hawaii, but we live out here on the East Coast. Right. And not very many people leave the islands because, you know, when you live on the islands, you kind of get used to it. And uh, coming out to the, the East Coast is, is kind of scary. Um, and so, you know, she... she for me, it's like she brought out cultural awareness for like Pacific Islander culture, um, and then it just it inspires me because like we don't really you don't really see a lot of Pacific Islanders in mainstream media and film and all those things. So it's kind of opening a door, just like Black Panther did, um, for you know people to learn more about different cultures, to see the heroes within themselves, mm-hmm. um, which is a big um a big thing that's important for us in this project is because a lot of our characters are inspired by real life people we want to inspire you know the regular everyday people like me and you to see like how can we be a hero for the people around us the people in our community to help each other to you know move towards a better world so
2: that i gotta say that was a way better more uh, than i expected so hats off that's awesome I, I but I agree with everything you said. You know, it's 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 that movie is fantastic. My my kids love it. I love it. I, I've watched that movie more times, and I, I I should I should admit as a grown man, but uh, <laughs> I love Disney movies, so you know I'm I'm a I'm a sucker for those. But no, I, I agree. I, I'm I'm all for anything that brings awareness about everything because I I love things that I don't understand, and the only way I can understand them is by diving into them, and someone putting it into a a, a bite sized portion or a portion that I can comprehend, and then and then I learn more about it. You know, that's the way I learn. Right. so well you know what guys I really appreciate you coming on and taking the time to tell me about your book and to tell me about Everything you talked about, this has been very, uh, very informational for me. Um, everybody listening at home, you can click on the links down below to go to Wild Card Chronicles on Kickstarter, uh, or just search for it. There'll be links in our show notes. There'll be links on our Twitter page. There'll be everywhere. And again, both of you, thank you so much for giving me your time tonight and uh, and working with me on this rescheduling of the times and uh, making this happen. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you for having us. Thank you so much.
3: Well, I'm excited. I, I, it looks cool, and the Kickstarter yeah, the looks, art great. looks great. So, yeah, that's it. That's cool. That's Afrofuturistic. I mean,
2: I don't know. I feel like there's been a whole rise of Af- Afrofuturistic comics after you know the success of Black Panther, and you yeah. know, I mean, not I'm bad all for thing. it. No, not a bad thing at all. No, yeah. it's good.
3: Yeah,
2: it's cool. more new stories, more new ideas. I'm all for it.
3: Yeah, more and more and more. I like it. Give me more, 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 more. <laughs> okay, don't forget, guys. <laughs> all these guys are on Kickstarter. So get on out there, give them a, give him a holler. You got Chris Orndoff on Guitar Head and Nathaniel Gold with in a Brown Hat and Nick Paul with Resurrection Men and Moana McAdams with Wild Card Chronicles. And if you go find there, you know, if you can't afford to pitch in and get some of their, their cool swag that they're giving, they're, they're giving away based on what level you uh I guess not they're not giving it away, they're selling it, right? Right, right, but right. Based yeah, on yeah. what you, you uh pledge and pay, then you, you get you get some cool swag. So that's always good. But if you can't afford that, share it. It helps them a lot. And these guys are independents. These people are working day to day jobs and then they're putting in their life's sweat and tears into this kind of stuff to bring us more content of the shit we love. So why they not help do. them out?
2: Yeah, just give it a share, give it a yeah. like, you know, everything. Don't give it a like, give it a share. do You even like it too. <laughs> you can like I'm, it and sorry, share it.
3: It's just the way it goes.
2: Right. Do whatever you want to do. Just do it. Just share it in the back end and stuff. And yeah, I think we're done because I'm going crazy. Yeah. Now.
3: All right. So there you guys go. We are heard everywhere. Podcasts are heard. We're on all the social media. So just go to your favorite platform, look us up and, you know, give, give us a follow and say hello and all that yeah. kind of fun stuff. And then we have voicemail. Right. Johnny, what is it?
2: It's a uh, 707-656-2080 and leave a voicemail there and call us again and leave 707-656-2080 and tell us how much you love us or hate us, whatever. There you go.
3: All right, guys. I think we're out of here. Enjoy those Kickstarters. Don't forget to read more because that opens your mind. Yeah, we're out.
6: <laughs> Keep changing it on me. <laughs> <laughs>